You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Welcome. Sorry, that was... <laughs> you know, that was that's worth it. I'm Pastor Josiah. <laughs> Hey, Josiah, hi. Hi, Pastor Josiah. He's losing it. <laughs> Everybody's staring at me. Hi! Hey, everyone. Guess who I am? <laughs> I'm Pastor Josiah. That's probably rude. If you're a new listener, I don't know. No, I love that because I thought you were going to say, guess who I'm with. And no, it's like, guess who I am. <laughs> I am Pastor Josiah, but also guess who I'm with. Just <laughs> no, it's you. It's Ethan. Hi, it's me. The Hi. Creative coordinator, podcast mm. guest host, <laughs> slash host extraordinaire. Yeah, cool. Hello, this is us. This is now. Mm-hmm. We're your secret favorites. Aw, I hope so. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things in the world. You know, we don't play favorites, Ethan. That wasn't the incorrect response. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, everyone is valuable and unique. You are made in the image of God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, we're up. We went we're far reaching now. Theological. Theological. I don't think it's gonna catch on. Okay. But. Today <laughs> that's our audio engineer is telling us to move along now. So Ethan. Yeah. What are we talking about today, man? Uh, because um, we, we were just real lighthearted there. Well, the what we're talking about is not lighthearted. No. It is a viewer uh listener submitted question. It it is. That's correct. About Judging people. Judging people. I can't come up with like correct. another way to say that. Yeah. No. We got a question from somebody who was like, hey, could yeah. you guys talk about the difference between unrighteous judgmentalism, you know, mm-hmm. being being judgmental, and the difference between the righteous kind of discernment, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm really glad about that because quite honestly, I feel like any attempt I would make to really like genuinely clarify that, oh, I would butcher that. <laughs> like, I feel like there are a lot of things like this that are like in the ether of mm. your gray matter. That, like, it kind of, you, you, you get a sense of it and it, it yeah. kind of jives mentally, but I cannot really do a good job laying this out. And so I'm glad we're doing a podcast to, to kind of lay that out. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. And so... On that note, because I think you bring up a good point, that there's kind of in the ether this difference between, you know, being a judgmental jerk and somebody who can make, again, for lack of a better term, righteous discernment and look at something and say, hey, here's the deal with this. Like, let's think about this. Let's talk this out versus being like Westboro Baptist Church, you know, because that's just that's wrong. That's just wrong. Don't. Don't be, don't be, but don't be Westboro Baptist Church. But that that's your tip of the day. That's a life principle, right there. It is. So, <laughs> so here's the primary question that I think we ought to tackle in order to get to the bottom of this with the time that we have in yeah. a podcast episode. So, what is judging? Like, what what is that? What is judging? Definitely biblically speaking, mm-hmm. and are there? different forms of it, which, of course, we've kind of spoiled and that's said a, already. Yeah, you know, there are. There are. Um, and I think if we looked at Matthew chapter 7, which mm-hmm. contains the probably most well-known and most often quoted oh, verse boy. on judgment. Or perhaps most often misquoted. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I read the Bible sometimes. Yeah, man, look at that. Context came in here and it was like, put that <laughs> verse back where you found it. 
put it back. Yeah. Because you know what we're going to discover? Oh, there's context. There's context. And that's what, ah, I love this. Because you know why? Mm. We, We get to also, in addition to talking about, you know, wrong judgment and right judgment, we also get to, like, subtly... Mm-hmm. Talk about how context informs verses and say, hey, man, you may think you know what a verse means and says, Ooh. but... What if you don't? What, what if, what if you don't? What if there's more to it than just that one verse? Yeah. Whoa. Wouldn't that be uncanny? Uncanny indeed. <laughs> Let me open Matthew chapter Please 7. Please do. Please do. Let's just read verse 1 and 2 okay. to start off with, okay? Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There it is. That's the most... I think about that often, actually. Now that you say... And I know that's weird to say. Not the the, the second half of that is actually what I think of often. Oh. See, like, you're, you but, are more... But more in a self-deprecating way. <laughs> more in a way like, who am I to think any of these personal thoughts? Yeah, but that's interesting. Yeah. So you'll hear now... I think there are kind of two sides to that, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and we'll we'll get to the second side basically at the end of the discussion. But what it seems that Jesus is getting at here is talking about because that word that he uses for judgment, it can mean to pronounce the sentence of like condemnation. Okay, and it seems based on the context, right? That's what he's getting at. So I think that's the first thing to be aware of, and he's saying you can't do that. Right. You know, you and I don't get to sit in the the judge's seat and say, "Thou art condemned." I'm glad. Like that's not I our decision to make, right? Scripture's pretty clear on that. I mean, you think about verses like in Romans where it says, "For instance, vengeance is mine; I will repay," says the Lord. Yeah, that's His call to make. He's the one who sees the hearts of men for what they really are, for mm-hmm. their true motives, for if they really love Him or not. So. You don't get to make the call that says, thou art condemned, for lack of a better term. Right. I'm wondering if your mother said things like this to you when you were a kid, but my mom often, and the older I get, the more I realize that it's pretty true, that you cannot know the heart of a person. Like, you can't know it. God knows it. You can see fruits of it. You can see evidences of it. You can probably see external, like, external actions can be pretty indicative of what a heart is like. Yeah. But at the end of the day... Only God knows the true state of the heart, and that's why he is the only rightful judge. Right. But that is, I think, the, that's, that's the wrong kind of judgment. You don't get to, you don't get to be Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> right. You do not get to do that. That's not your place. That's not your role. It's also not winsome to the cause of Christ anyway. Ooh, like, good word choice. You know what yeah, I mean? Yes. And you think about, like, what emotions and feelings does it bring to mind when you think about Westboro Baptist Church as a Christian? As a loathsome. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, yeah. Which in, I think is very uncanny given the context of this, that we, yeah. here we are actually making these statements. But yes. as you teased... Yes, uh, there is another side to it. Mm, yeah. yeah. So you don't get to pronounce the sentence of condemnation at the end of the day. Right. You don't get to do that. That's God's role. He is the judge in that sense. But, okay, there are... So there are things that go beyond that. Because where this, I think, gets misquoted, mm-hmm. right is, let's say, you're dealing with something in the church. Let's keep it in the church okay. just for fun, okay? <laughs> um, because this is where I think this comes into play most often. In the church, you're dealing with somebody who claims to be a believer, right? Okay, yes. And let's say they are, I mean, they're moving from, they're cheating on their wife, the husband's cheating on his wife and running around 
with a bunch of ladies, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say, you know, I, as this person's pastor, this has not happened, by the way. This is not a veiled reference to something. I've not not yet had a conversation like this, but I'm just just hypothetically. And I, as this pastor, go and say, like, man, what are you doing? This is so, like, this is not the way of life that Jesus has called you to as a husband, as a follower of him, as as a father, if you have kids. Like, this is not the way you're called to live. And... Uh, you got to you got to stop like you need to like repent you know Ooh, sort of the big you know the scary mm. term and there was a the repent word in there uh, and stop doing this like you know ask forgiveness seek reconciliation and work through this and he looks at me and what does he say ethan i don't know what he's saying he might say judge oh, not i have words for that man lest you be judged like, not how kind. are you to judge me now that's where you start getting into how that verse gets misquoted yeah. like Right. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's saying you don't get to stand in the place of condemnation. And this, I, don't, I don't get to look at that man and say, I condemn you to hell. I don't get to look at him and say that. Like, I condemn you to hell because of what you've done. I mean, even if you say that's not even remotely right. within your power. Exactly. So. But what happens is I will say, hey, like, you will stand condemned. You are condemning yourself if you continue to act like this. Like, oh, don't judge me, lest you be judged. Survey yeah. says. Yeah, that's, that Sorry. is a lie. That's wrong. And so... That's where we're starting talking about the difference between this kind of condemnation, judgment, and righteous discernment. And mm. Jesus starts dealing with this in the second half of this passage, and that clarifies what he's saying in those first two verses. So let's, let's read verses 3 through 5. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So that's the first half of this discernment issue here. And what he's dealing with there is your brother does have a speck in his eye, which is not good, right? Right. That's a a legitimate thing that you want to like, as a Christian, brother to brother especially, sister to sister, brother to sister— you want to address that. Like, hey, man, you got, you got a speck in your eye. Like, that's, it's not good for your eye. It's not good for your sight. You need to get that out of there, right? As a matter of fact, that shows up in Galatians 6.1. Paul says we are to uh, restore people in a spirit of gentleness. I think that's what he says there. Let me just double check that before I misquote it. Yeah, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you are spiritual, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So, there definitely is a place where, as Christians, especially to other Christians, you say, hey, you know, you're called to live the life that Jesus has called you to, so we gotta, we got to get in line with that. But what Jesus is dealing with here in Matthew 7 is to say, okay, it's one thing if your brother's got a speck in his eye, but if you've got a log in your eye, right, which is this hyperbolic statement, like right. how ridiculous is that? You have a log in your eye. It's cartoonish. That is cartoonish. Like, that's that's a joke. Like, you're laughing at Jesus when he's preaching that to you at the Sermon on the Mount. Like, everyone's kind of chuckling to themselves. Like, oh, did you hear Jesus there? The audience microphones are picking up the life. Yeah, the audience microphones are picking up the life. So, if you have a pretty obvious sin or issue in your own life that you're not dealing with, yeah. you need to deal with what's going on in your life yeah. before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's entirely undermining. And discrediting to what you're saying. Exactly. Precisely. Which is why Jesus calls him a hypocrite, right? It's like, how is anyone going to take you seriously if... Of course. You know, and it's, again, it's that just ridiculous imagery. Like, your brother, he has a speck in his eye, which isn't good. You want to get that speck out. But you 
have a log in your, a giant log plank. So it completely undermines what you're saying. Like, you can't expect anyone to take you seriously if you have this huge, undealt with sin in your own life. It's like, to flip the scenario, if someone in the church were to, just an example, they were married, they cheated on their wife, and they were you know running around with all these women, and they were not turning from that. They weren't acknowledging it. They were wiping their mouth and saying, I've done nothing wrong. And then they came to you and said, hey, Ethan, you know, I noticed that you uh, you looked a little irritated in traffic the other day, and you, you, you know, you, you kind of maybe muttered something unkind under your breath. <laughs> Brother, you need to repent. Oh, God. Like, how are you... How are you going to take that seriously? Um, like, man, first of all, I'm not going to take them seriously, <laughs> but I'm going to have a whole nother set of issues going on because <laughs> I will probably be, I'm going to be breaching form number one of judgment in that moment right there. Like, <laughs> Can you see I have baggage? Um, you see how uh, sin begets more sin. Exactly. Anger right? begets anger in the yeah. words of... Uh, that's a that's a veiled three billboards outside of <laughs> right <laughs> out of Ebbing, Missouri oh, reference. What a proverb um, of our times. Yeah. So there is this discernment that says, yes, we gotta help each other out here right. and address sin when we see it. However, the first thing we need to do is look at our own lives and make sure that if there's anything there, I was like, we need to repent of. Yeah, it's very. Is there anything in my life that's especially public or you know known that? And I think that's man, that's such a practice that's lost and forgotten, I think, in the wider evangelical Western church today is the practice of confession, being willing to not just, and I I say that loosely, not just confess your sins to God, because we hear in 1 John, if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but also to confess our sins to one another. Like, we just don't want to swallow our pride on that and say, yeah, man, I'm sorry I wronged you. Like, I was in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, will you forgive me? And, like, how can I work with you to reconcile this relationship? So that's the first thing. Like, if you got stuff in your life you're not dealing with, nobody can take you seriously. I think I think it it's beneficial in more than one way. Being conscientious of that and dealing with that um, not only removes what's undermining your testimony or removes what's undermining that kind of discernment, but also it presents something that is that is something that you can speak from experience in in a sense that not that I'm telling you to fix this while I have this problem, that I'm telling you to fix this because I've been there mm. and I know yeah. the tragedy that that wreaks. Yes. So. Yes, that is huge. I mean, and I think, you know, I see a lot of that happening in our Celebrate Recovery ministry at Lost Creek. I mean, that's and that's a place where those guys, I mean, they, yeah. I think they, they understand that. I know it's something I could, I need to grow in. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to look at, to see the speck in someone else's eye and not pay attention to the log in yours. Now, that's something you need help with. You need help from the Holy Spirit. You need help sometimes from that brother who has a speck in his eye. He might help you take the log out of your eye, and then you help him take the speck out of your his. But that's the first half of that discernment thing. And everything you said there about undermining your testimony, um, so true, so helpful. But then there is a third side of this. And Jesus touches on this in verse 6. He says this weird thing that seems disconnected from the rest of the passage, but when you stop and think about it, it actually makes sense. What he says at the end of all this, and he's talking about judging and hypocrisy, what he says in verse 6 is, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. 
That's just a bad business practice. <laughs> it's like, why are you throwing your pearls before pigs? And why are you, why are you giving dogs uh, what's sacred and holy? Yeah, I'm not that rich. <laughs> Even like metaphorically. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and so what Jesus seems to be dealing with there, and we've actually talked about this a little bit um, in a previous podcast. Steve mm. talked about this when it comes to boundary issues, is that there is a place in your interactions with people if you are trying to carefully discern what's happening, how that person is treating you and other people, there comes a point in a time where it's better for you to just back off. Oh, yeah. And not, you know, continue to throw your pearls before the pigs, so to speak. Because what they'll do is they'll just trample all of that underfoot. So, like, in the context of those boundary issues that Steve was talking about, was like, man, if you keep putting yourself in scenarios where your dignity is trampled by someone who continues to abuse you or something like that don't keep doing that Mm. like don't let them guilt you into uh continuing to remain like that you know because again keeping this in the church tragically some folks know how to twist and abuse scripture and religion in order to perpetuate trampling your pearls so to speak your dignity underfoot that's just wrong that's a situation where you just need to back off. Let that be what it is. And um, Proverbs deals with this a little bit too. Um, in Proverbs, I think it's 26, 4, and 5, um, Solomon says, don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you become like him. I mean, there comes a point where it's like, if somebody is going to be, continue to be obstinate and they're going to continue to just be I, absolutely like disrespectful, hurtful to you, harm you, I'm Paul. The Apostle Paul did this, too. I'm trying to make sure we have biblical basis for what we're saying here, you know. But when Paul would go in and preach the gospel in these synagogues, right, that's where he always went first. When there was a synagogue in the area he was, he'd go preach to the Jewish people. I mean, his kinsmen, those are his people. And there were a lot of times when they would just, I mean, they would start slandering him, and they would start turning up trouble, and they'd want to kill him. And he would shake the dust off his feet and be like, you guys, like, have shown, like, you don't want to hear the gospel. I've tried preaching it to you. You know, like, I have tried to uh, show the love of Christ to you, and you just continue to, you're not accepting it, and you continue to, like, push against me, and it gets this word, like, I'm going to go do my work over here. Like, I'm going to go do it over here. And, like, not that he wasn't going to preach the gospel to those who wanted to hear more and were willing, but he wasn't going to keep putting himself in scenarios where he was going into the synagogue, and they would just go into a rampage and start losing their minds. And I think he was, you know... He's kind of applying this yeah. this principle that Jesus is talking about here. So yeah, so those are kind of the different sides of discernment. And I do think it brings one more point to mind. And this is, I think, for all of us because it's another part of this that gets taken out of. I don't know. Well, I don't know that it gets taken out of context, but part of it gets forgotten. You remember the story in John chapter eight where the woman is caught in adultery. Yes. And the religious leaders bring her out, and <laughs> they're you know, they're ready to stone her, and. They ask Jesus, you know, like, well, what is the, you know, the law requires us to stone her. What do you say? And, you know, he draws in the dirt with his finger. Yeah. And, and he says, uh, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And they all walk away realizing, you know, beginning with the older folks because they realize what's <laughs> happening, right? You know, they're wise. And they all start walking away. And the woman is there and Jesus looks up and he's like, is there anyone here to condemn you? She's like, no. And he's like, well, go in peace. And what he says is, and leave, and I'm paraphrasing a little, leave your life of sin. Now, the first half of that story gets used a lot the same way the first 
Matthew. Births yeah. of Matthew does, right? Or like, you know, we'll let him without sin cast the it's first stone. It's just like the more spiritual way of saying judge now. Yes, exactly, right? So they say, you know, with your out sin, you cast the first stone, which is like almost half right because, again, it's like we don't get to make the condemnation. Right. Call. We don't get to say, you know, like, I condemn you. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to play the role of God. I condemn you to hell. But what Jesus says there is, listen, you've been given this grace. You've experienced this grace, this for this this freedom. No one stands here to condemn you. No, the Son of God is not condemning you. Therefore, don't go back to that life. Don't go back to that sin that got you into this mess in the first place. That's the part of the story that everyone forgets and leaves off. Let him with the, who's without sin cast the first stone, but that doesn't make it a license to continue to live that way. Especially, again, I'm thinking in the context of the church and Christians, because it, it's Christ, Christians as followers of Jesus are called to a very different standard of living than the world. Paul even hints at that in 1 Corinthians. He says, I told you to remove yourself from those who continue to act uh, sinfully, not at all meaning those of the world, because if you did that, you'd have to remove yourself from the world, because the world, they're not living by the law of Christ. Um, they're not living by the way that Jesus calls us to live. And our role as Christians in that, I think, is like Jesus said, you know, you shine like a light on a hill. You live the way I've called you to live. Steve talked about this a couple weeks ago in a sermon. It can develop this kind of corporate conscience effect that says, hey, there are like, you know, the reality of the gospel is if we continue to, any of us continue to live in a way that is contrary to God's will, if we continue to worship idols and bow down before them, we will condemn ourselves, essentially. Yeah. But who we enact these standards on who we really practice this discernment for is those in the church, those who call themselves Christians and follow Jesus. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Is all clear? You know what I mean? I think so. And you got any You got any uh, final thoughts on that? I, uh, no. This is a delicate topic. I think, you know? it's, well, I think it's very heavy, like especially by the time you get to extricating yourself from a situation. Yeah. I think it's very sad. It is. Honestly, because it's not, they're not just situations of abuse. They're right. broken people and broken relationships. And I, it just makes me kind of, that's sad. Yeah. And I and I think that is like, again, that's a very careful, like, yeah. that's not a license to just back yourself out of every scenario that you're like, oh, well, they didn't listen or, you know, oh, I don't, right. you know, Certainly they, they you know, flew off the handle once or twice. Here's a here's just a general thing to keep in mind. You should always be consulting with other Christians on issues like these as much as possible, which is why I think Christian community is so important. Like, there's no way I can figure this out on my own, like, right. by myself, you know? That's why we have church leaders and we have, you know, all these great teachers and why I think Jesus calls us so often and why the Bible calls us so often to engage with one another in community and help one another. Back to that Galatians thing, Paul says, you know, we're to bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, you can't do that if you're not with other people, you know? <laughs> um, and I definitely think situations like that are their own burden. It's a tricky issue. Yeah, it is. But all that to say, at the end of the day, you're not called to condemn people. Right. But there is an area where you are supposed to Discern, yeah, and hold each other to say, hey, here's the life Christ has called us to. Are we going to live that way or not? And deal with the logs that are in our eyes and then help our brothers and sisters who have the specks in their eyes. And yeah, that's 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 the stuff, really. Because like, we're, we're out of time, man. <laughs> we're out of time. You know, Ethan? I, yeah, I do yeah. know. Okay. Hey, if someone has a question. Similar to this one. Similar to this one. 
doesn't have to be which, similar. Which came, yeah, like, I mean, it could be code a totally different question. I mean, like, what kind of questions could they ask? What movie did you watch? What movie did you watch? Like, when, like just like in general, like, what movie did you watch? Well, I'll, I'll definitely have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, which one? <laughs> which like reminds me of a, a weird dream I had last night. Oh, I need to tell you about. Okay. So, tell me off air. Yeah, if you have a, if anyone has a question about my weird dream, and you'd like me to share that you episode, that do an episode on dreams and interpretations. Ooh, I won't get weird at all. Send them to where? Um, I believe it's still podcast singular at horizonschurch.net. Bingo. Oh, yeah. Got it. That's all. Okay. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.